the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So this is the man Haim. And I'm always really surprised by what's out there. This is a girl band, three sisters. And what's interesting is the bass player, sister, makes funny faces. Her name's Este. E-S-T-E Haim. H-A-I-M. And she actually has her own Twitter page, Este Haim's Face Face. It's hilarious. If you're having a bad day, just take a look at how she pulls these big, sorrowful, upside-down smiles while she's plucking the bass. I love it. Women that we love, she's one of them. And who doesn't love a woman named Este? But I bring this up because, like, um, for a good laugh, I was going down recently, and I pulled up Seth Rogen's laugh on YouTube, and I spent four or five minutes listening to Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> so he's got he's got a little of that laugh that just it's infectious, and it, good day becomes or bad day becomes a good day. Speaking of bad day becoming a good day, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob, doing fine. Now, I took a week off last week, and you're taking the next couple of weeks off. Um, That kind of tells us Wall Street kind of like, kind of tones it down during the summer, doesn't it? Uh, It does, um, but I think uh, maybe uh, there's a vacation in my future that I'm not aware of. I'm not actually taking the next few weeks off myself, so um, but you're going to be stuck with me for the next few weeks. (laughs) Maybe it's Dr. Jeff Rosen. So. Yeah, I think that that is that is true. Jeff will be out the next few weeks. But uh, to to your question, though, and to your point is, yep. yeah, the summer period here is you do see tend to see uh, desks that are staffed a little lighter, and it is certainly the the vacation period, so it's not unusual. And uh, uh, we kind of got a glimpse of it uh, last week when the the volume was just uh, well ridiculously low as the market uh, trekked on to a new uh, all time high. Now, as Chief Market Analyst for Briefing.com, I got asked a question that I'm going to see if I can pass on to you. Um, 31-year-old woman, single woman. She saved well over $100,000 for her age, which is great, um, in her 401k. She's got like 8000 laying around, and this is probably the most common question I get. Should I wait for market correction? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, meh, just find what you need in your portfolio, get it, give it 29 more years, and I think you'll be okay. And that's really generic, but am I off base, or what would you have said? 
No, not at all. I mean, it, is, it might be generic advice, but uh, to to the point is if it's a 31-year-old who, who seriously is not going to be looking to do anything or need this money uh, for 29 years, then trying to, you know, time a market correction is, is not in their best interest. I mean, I think you do look at, you know, the overall needs of your portfolio, and if you you know have that money to allocate, then you maybe go to you know an area that's underweighted and you know uh, add some weighting to it. Um, but but no, I mean it's look at all of the professionals this year who have been calling for the correction for the last you know uh, well since since the start of the year, and certainly since you know we saw the last correction in 2011. Everyone's been saying the market's due for a correction, and we haven't had one. So. Uh, so you can never really time the market. You just have to really take stock of what your needs are and what your time horizon and risk tolerances are and, and go ahead and you know allocate that money accordingly. Record high, as you noted in your column this morning, on the Russell 2000, um, S&P 500. Is that a cautionary flag when you tie it towards the summertime, a little less volume? Do we need that volume to support record highs? Yeah, well, um, I mean, uh, Russell 2000 is uh, not at a record high, but it has oh, I'm sorry. made a, an important technical move in that it's gotten back above its 200-day moving average. In fact, it's up about 5% since it's low on May 15th, so it's had a real strong move there in recent weeks. And uh, the S&P 500, though, is, is at an all-time high. Um, and, you know, what we're saying is that, you know, uh, it's been very peculiar that you haven't seen a lot of, uh, quote, you know, conviction on that, that move higher. Now, to be fair, uh, markets can go down on low volume, too. So uh, we think that what we're seeing is really kind of a con- continued reflection of this confidence in the Fed's policy and, and an interest rate staying low, uh, near zero, for a very long time to come yet. And so you keep pressing this bid, and we're still not getting the you know the correction everyone's calling for, and that's probably led to somewhat of a a contrarian rally, if you will. Um, everyone's been talking about the need for correction. You're not getting it. The market's you know staying resilient, and so you kind of get people that start you know speculating a little more, thinking that uh, maybe they can push this thing up a little bit higher, and and that's leading to some short covering activity probably for everyone who's positioned for that correction. And so lo and behold. You know, we're still talking about a market at record highs. But the strange thing is it doesn't feel that good because it's been so hard or it's so so volatile in terms of how we've gotten there this year. It's been very uh, very roller coaster-like action, and so it hasn't been easy uh, to come by like it was last year. Hasn't that roller coaster action kind of been summed up by the media and something along the lines of, like, internal corrections, like, Ah, uh, the financials brought us down this week, and then a couple weeks later it's the tech stocks, a couple weeks later it's the transports. But overall it's kind of healthy because we are getting the, the haircuts. It's just not by all 10 S&P groups at once. That's right. And you're seeing this. Money's not rotating out of the market so much as it's rotating within the market. And we think that that disposition is related in part to, again, this idea or this uh, belief that you know interest rates are going to stay low for a very long time and that's been you know the mo for you know for five years now and and you're kind of playing this uh game of you know if it ain't broke don't don't fix it and so the market just keeps keeps placing its faith in that that idea that uh it doesn't have to fight the fed here uh too strongly anyway uh and so you're getting money that's Moving within the stock market as people try to find, you know, higher yielding uh, investments than they can get elsewhere, certainly within their savings accounts, uh, which are yielding basically, you know, nothing. (laughs) So 
In your morning column, and I'm speaking with the one and only Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, one of the smartest minds on Wall Street, in my opinion. He sums it up beautifully, easily digestible nuggets. You mentioned in your page one, which is a great way to start the market day, Pilgrim's Pride has paid $6.4 billion to buy Hilshire Brands. Talk a little bit about why that's important. Well, I think the the one thing that really jumped out at me is that it's an all cash offer, um, and you know companies that are very confident, I think, in terms of the synergies they can obtain by acquiring other companies, um, you know, you know, will come to the table with with cash offer because it certainly is a a sweetened uh, bid for shareholders of the the comp- of the target company because they don't have to deal with the risk of a you know of a falling stock price necessarily they get their full value there um, and so that was really interesting to me and of course you have so many companies that have a much stronger currency now in the form of higher stock prices that you know like a say like a facebook which is using more of its stock as currency to acquire some of these other companies that it's added to its fold as opposed to really shelling out a lot of cash uh, in those deals um, you know they're taking advantage of that higher stock price but from my mind, uh, I'd like to see these all-cash deals because it does reflect a, a real strong vote of confidence in terms of management's thinking about the synergies that can be obtained by uh, by acquiring other companies. Anything else that you're working on right now, Mr. O'Hare, that we should be aware of? Anything you've seen in the market that's mm-hmm. a highlight or low light? Yeah, well, one of the things I'm going to uh, be looking, I think, a little further into is, is some of the the currency uh, action, um, you know, it's very interesting to me, really, that you've got, uh, you know, Japan's trying to talk down the yen, uh, the ECB's trying to talk down the euro, China, you know, is double speak, but effectively, I think, wants a, uh, you know, a lower yuan, and it's because everyone's trying to, you know, uh, obtain higher growth uh, through an export channel uh, and trying to become more competitive through a, a weaker currency um, and trying to fend off, um, you know, some of the disinflation or deflationary forces that they're seeing by by getting to a, a weaker currency. And, and it's, you know, uh, an interesting move uh, because I think you can't, everyone can't, you know, have the same thing without some dislocations here and there. So I'm going to be, uh, I think, digging a little bit deeper into that and seeing what I can uh, find out and, and discover about uh, about those trends. Big compliment to you right now is I get emails from briefing.com, and recently I got one that says Patrick O'Hare has published a big picture on Dow Jones Industrial Averages, the Wizard of Ooze and Oz. Ooze and Oz. And I was like, I was, to- I was totally Jones and greeted. So I don't know if that means anything to you, but financial journalist looking at a, a financial piece of information, uh, I'm jonesing for it. So congratulations on that. All right. Well, thank you. Appreciate We've it. We've got about 30 seconds. Any last words or just want to say a sweet goodbye? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm impressed by uh, how quickly the, the Russell 2000 has bounced back here. You know, small caps are sort of that center of domesticity here, and they have not acted well so far this year. So keep an eye on that and see how they continue to act here over the very near term. It might be a reflection of improving confidence in the U.S. economic outlook. Quick question. You kind of answered it already, but the Russell 2000 is important for the home viewers and the home listeners because it does reflect the United States, and they're small companies. They probably don't have exposure to Europe and China and interest rates. Well, maybe interest rates, but is that what you find in the Russell 2000 as far as a headline? I do, yeah. I mean, because they, they don't have a lot of foreign exposure, and so that's how I read it. Uh, and look, the look-through is, you know, these are companies that are, 
pretty much U.S. domiciled and, and do most of the business here. So it's an interesting tell on what the market's thinking about, I think, the U.S. outlook overall. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. You can find him at briefing.com. He's the chief market analyst. I will be posting just a link of the podcast with him. Um, I'll tweet it out at Rob Black Show. I'll tweet it to briefing.com. It's briefing.com, but the, their tweet is briefing.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Rob Black Show. You can find, or not Facebook, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook, Cron4 Rob Black, YouTube, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.